Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Yeah, just taking from the music, you are simply the best. And at the moment, a lot of people are doubting it. And don't ever you forget, it's you, you're number one. And yeah, whatever it is, you are simply the best. Now, today, um, sort of um, following on from last week when we were talking about uh, living conditions and health and social environment and health, um, I'm going to talk about stress because today was the um, spring equinox uh, or Latin vernal equinox, but also here in the northern hemisphere, we've had a total eclipse of the sun. Now, some of you might know what I'm talking about. If you're in my spot in Norfolk, just outside Norwich in the UK, you didn't actually notice it was happening. Various people have uh, told me and, and while I was on the phone to people saying, oh, my God, it's even in London, but particularly in Scotland, it's got really dark. The birds have gone to bed eerie silence and I was sort of looking around saying no no definitely not not here uh birds are flying birds are chirping and literally apparently after sort of two or three minutes of what other parts of the country and the planet um actually noticed as complete or almost complete darkness we had the most brilliant warm sunshine so that sort of um everybody was in the house and we were looking at each other and going uh total eclipse of the sun that didn't quite work out how they said it was all these warnings about oh people are going to be really depressed um the sun you know the solar power is going to collapse and all that absolutely nothing we you literally wonderful expression in English, you blinked and you missed it. So it might have just been that visual part, but I also, because of the stress factor, I actually want to come back to what does it do to us humans? And I don't know about the majority of people, but personally and talking to colleagues who are working with Reiki, who are working with with the universal energies, uh, yoga, massage therapist, reflexology, anybody who has a vague um, contact with, with naturopathy, homeopathy, uh, herbalism, we all work with different frequencies. Everything has its particular frequency. 
And I've noticed certainly that I've had a problem. I've become a lot more tetchy over the last few days and, and also weeks. Sleep has been non-existent and it was quite funny uh, bumping into my Reiki tutor um, yesterday in the supermarket uh, <laughs> we were going oh hi how are you god you look dreadful I was like yeah um, do you sleep no I haven't slept properly for days weeks if not months and we had the same the same experience where we were saying oh I've done I've tried Reiki I've tried meditating I've been taking herbal remedies I've been taking homeopathy nothing is working all this energy build up to the solar eclipse and the vernal equinox has been just so powerful and so amazing this year that we're all noticing it just physically. Now, it's very interesting that um, obviously uh, for this particular time, Dr. Kelly Neff of the Lucid Planet um, sent out a, a note about the significance, the astronomical significance, but also about the vernal equinox, etc. And obviously for us here in the Northern Hemisphere, we mustn't forget, it's the spring equinox, the vernal equinox. For the other part of the world, the southern hemisphere, it's obviously autumn. So um, it's it's a different aspect of energies as well. And um, Dr. Kelly writes with the vernal equinox, which really we I don't think people have actually quite realised how important this particular one is, and particularly this year. The solar eclipse falls on the vernal equinox in the northern hemisphere and on the autumnal equinox in the southern hemisphere, marking a transition in the Earth's journey around the sun. Each equinox, the sun passes through the Earth's equator, um, making it directly overhead at noon in the particular time zones. Vernal is Latin for spring, equinox is Latin for equal night, meaning that on the vernal equinox we get about the same number of hours of daylight as we do darkness. Obviously that, that varies a little bit from how far you are from the equator and where exactly on the northern hemisphere you are located. So from now on it's even more obvious that the daylight hours for us in the northern hemisphere are actually increasing. Now there is a huge cultural uh, significance as well. It's not just energetic, but but also cultural. And she sort of synopsis, I don't know. The vernal equinox has long been celebrated by nearly all world cultures at a, as a time of rebirth, fertility, new opportunities. Now, if you're a biodyn biodynamic or Demeter farmer, and also up to a point of... Um, for organic farming, there is not just a symbolic meaning, histories and collective consciousness, the renewal of hope, but also that we're starting to plant new spring crops. And this was a, a particular celebration for the Mayans, the Romans, the Egyptians, um, all of those who are now up to a point, lumped down together as pagan. And it also is the transition to become to Passover ceremony in, in the Christianity, Judaism, and later, in a couple of weeks when it's Easter, um, here in the, in the Western Hemisphere, uh, as opposed to the Northern and Southern and East, um, I will be talking about these, these things in more detail. So we'll just pass by them today. But um, people are still celebrating the spring ex equinox as a time of the start of fertility, of growth, of returning energies, of creative energies, of the divine femininity. Um, now, the solar eclipse, on the other hand, has also been um, a day of rituals. 
And in many, many, it's quite fascinating, actually, in many ancient cultures, it was thought or believed because of the total darkness it creates in some places that um, mythological creature was attacking and eating up the sun and there was this huge fight. So in Asia, with more t- thinking of dragons, in Romania, obviously, you know, Frankenstein, all that, um, and Count Dracula, it was thought it was a werewolf, a jaguar in Latin America. But one of the things I thought was really, really sweet is in Tahiti, and hello if you're listening, um, the sun is making love to the moon. Isn't that a beautiful description of a total eclipse? That that is the climax of the sun making love to the moon. Well, that'll stay with me, certainly, for a long time. Um, so it's it's something which we've been thinking about or we've been taught and which I suspect is actually in our embedded in our genes. Although we're not thinking about it, we know it. We feel better when the sun comes out. We feel spring is exciting and we mustn't forget that it's a great time to fast, to renew things, to redevelop things in the body, to detox, where spring is the time where the blood from the winter is a lot more dense in the winter because it needs to hold the heat and the nourishment to make our bodies survive. I mean, we're we're still, and I'll come back to that later, we're still think, you know, the bodies are still um, sort of archaic in that in winter it's cold the blood needs to hold the nourishment and the warmth so that we can survive this the deepest and the most severe winters um with spring the sun is coming out the lighter food the blood actually changes consistency and it becomes a lot thinner because you don't need it the heat is coming from outside and the nourishment, all the, the leaf vegetables, the, the spring vegetables, the, 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 the juice of the plants and of the trees and of the flowers, it's all there for us to take in. So the body doesn't need to hang on to it. It can take it because there is plenty. Um, Again, and later in the year, we'll be talking about that when the blood thickens again and we go more for the root vegetables because they help us to sustain the heat and the nourishment and it keeps the nourishment and the heat in the body. Hence, the blood is is thicker. So at this precise moment in time, actually with, with the spring equinox, the blood is beginning to change from thicker, winter to thinner, more exchangeable, taking more nutrients, not more nutrients, that's probably wrong, but other nutrients into the system. Now, going back to the the vibrations and the sensation um, we're feeling, um, Dr. Kelly has a very um, interesting thought because also in uh, the book by Matthew Silverstone, Blinded by Science, he is trying to find documentation about people feeling that the energy, the cosmic energy, has an effect on them. Now, it's uh, there haven't been really any decent scientific studies about it. And uh, hello, everybody who's out there and thinks they have, please email them to me. I'd love to see them uh, because as far as I can see, and I've done some research on this, no, there aren't. Um, And quite rightly, as Dr. Kelly says, what matters most is the fact that people perceive themselves to be experiencing energetic change and shifts during these events, like eclipses, equinoxes. And these perceived shifts can affect their thoughts and behaviors. Whether they are actually literally experiencing the pull of the planets, or this is something that is happening in the individual mind, just a feeling or an intuition 
but it's still there in our collective, and that's the important bit, consciousness. It still remains a valid experience if people believe they are feeling these energies and seeking to work with them. If thousands or maybe millions of people on Earth simultaneously believe that the spring equinox offers them an opportunity for rebirth and growth, does it not make it somehow real to our collective? And that is exactly the point. I think we're forgetting how connected we are through our various uh, vibrations and frequencies. Um, if you're with somebody who is always down um, and sees everything black, oh, we're going to go into third world war. This is awful. Um, I know I've been there. I've been in the second world. I know this. This is. I can see the signs coming. This is awful. And you're thinking, wow, look at this. The sun is shining. It's oh, look, the daffodils are out. You know, the crocuses. Isn't this gorgeous? And there is a deer. Okay, it's nibbling the tops of my roses, but you know, it's enjoying it. You can see it licking its lips and it's going, mm, this is rice, rather nice rose salad. I carry on. Um, so how do you feel? If you were the person who says, oh God, this is awful. It's eating, ah, it's a precursor of the third world war. It's, it's eating the, the rose, rose buds. That's it. Another rose plant gone. Or you think, wow, look at that. Brilliant sunshine. And, oh, isn't that sweet, that deer eating our roses? We'll kill it, but don't worry about it. It looks gorgeous. So elegant. With the first person, you're going to go, oh, my God, your shoulders are going to hunch. Your, actually, your physical body, as you're staying there, standing there, your shoulders are going to hunch forward. You're, going to, you're actually physically shrinking because you're taking on that negative load. Now, with the other example you're actually starting to grow. You're thinking, oh, yeah, that's, that's true. And isn't that wonderful? And the sun, brilliant. And, oh, yeah, that deer looks rather elegant. Um, so it's, you are taking on these vibrations. So for us to say that, or scientists to say that this is not happening is a bit of a problem because it is. And if thousands or maybe millions of people think about it, that is it. It actually has a vibration or a frequency of its own which will go out into the world. And that is the important bit really these days that we need to pick, be realistic or be aware of the vibrations we're picking up. Um, what do we see in the news? What do we see in the papers? It's all doom. And gloom. In Germany at the moment, there's a huge row about the um, Greek finance minister, Yanis Varoufakis, during an interview saying that he's, he is actually not against Europe, but he is against what the European banks have done to Greece. And the problem is that the Greek people are experiencing a huge, huge amount of stress. Hence, I'm including it in the program. They are more or less the majority of Greek people. And I have a cousin who lives in Athens and who is Greek. They are at their wits end. They don't know. The majority of the people, they don't know where their next meal is coming from. There are people dying because they cannot afford the medical care and the medical system although it was a national health system, has been shut down because it is more, it is supposed to be privatized under the EU rules. Now, um, the Greek finance minister uh, has been trying to explain, and everybody, I mean, uh, Greek is the bad boy uh, in Europe at the moment or in politics at the moment, apart from Russia, of course, um, and they have been trying to explain that what has been done with them, saving the banks but not the Greek people, is not working. And we need to think about other things. Austerity measures which are um, taken by a rich few as a remedy to all types of problems to the other people i.e. the middle classes and the lower classes, 
is not working. They're saying it, the rich ones are saying, yes, austerity is working. And in reality, of course, it's not. And it's very interesting that in 2013, Yanis Varoufakis, who is actually a, prof a professor of economics, has taught at the University of, uh, of um, East Anglia here around the corner from me, but also in London and Essex, uh, Exeter and Birmingham, but also he spent um, 12 years as a professor in Sydney, uh, got together with Stuart Holland, who is an economist from the, from the UK here, and James Galbraith, who is an economist, both of them very, very well-known and well-respected economists in, well, James Galbraith in America, sorry, but all of, all of those three were very highly rated economists on the world stage as far as business and economics was concerned. And in 2013, two years ago, they already wrote a modest proposal of resolving the Eurozone crisis, which is very interesting. It's come out as a as a book in 2015, revised in um, Germany and France. Unfortunately, and I don't want to point any fingers, it hasn't been able to be published in, the, in English yet. I'm hoping that they will. Um, they have, uh, uh, to, from 2013, a synopsis of what they wrote in English um, as a modest proposal of resolving the Eurozone crisis, which sounds really good. And I must admit, it reads, it, even if you're not economically minded, it might be a bit difficult, but I urge you to read it. And I will publish, as per usual, on the blog, the direct link to the website, because it is important, particularly if you're in Europe, if you're part of Europe, if any of the countries, um, it is important to read what they have to say. Now, there was a big debate, as I was saying. He, um, Yanis Varoufakis, was um, a guest on a, a very popular German um, talk show. He was trying to explain, but before he was actually trying to, able to explain what his aim and what his idea and James Galbraith and Stuart Holland's idea was and the solution, which is actually, if you, if you really make the effort, it is a win-win solution for everybody and it can be used not just in the Eurozone, but it can be used globally. It could be a solution for our, actually putting it basically, for our survival. And um, they, before he was able to really, which is very interesting, explain where he was coming from, um, the German talk show host, Gunter Jauch, um, played a YouTube clip which had been doctored. And that was what everybody, everybody then went off to this doctored, basically uh, in gesture, not in words. Yanis Varoufakis apparently, as it shows on the YouTube clip, did the same as Victoria Newland. Euro EU, fuck Europe, um, and excuse me if anybody gets upset about this. However, this is what it was: it was faked, it was doctored. Nobody has ever apologised to it. He has tried to explain that it was doctored, and it is on various websites. Um, but the powers that be on German television decided that they didn't think it was necessary to apologize or to correct, which I find very interesting. Anyway, I um, downloaded quickly his newsletter of Greeks and Germans reimagining our shared future because we're all on Europe, we're all on one planet, we need to get on with each other. And what it was very, very interesting um, was that in 2010 and 2012, way before he got involved in politics, he already wrote about this. And uh, he, he writes in, in this newsletter, I opposed the 2010 and 2012 bailout loans from German and other European taxpayers because, and those are really interesting points, 
the new loans represented not a bailout for Greece, but a cynical transfer of losses from the books of the private banks to the weak shoulders of the weakest of Greek citizens. How many of Europe's taxpayers who footed these loans know that more than 90% of the 240, sorry, 240 billion euros borrowed by Greece went to the financial institutions, not to the Germans, to the Greek state or its citizens. It was obvious that at a time Greece could not repay its existing loans. The austerity conditions for giving Greece the new loans would crush Greek nominal income, making our debt even less sustainable. The bailout burden would, sooner or later, weigh down on German and other European taxpayers. Once the weaker Greeks buckled under their mountainous debt, as moneyed Greeks had already shifted their deposits to Frankfurt and London, and may I just add, I'm sure that com- companies like Starbucks, um, uh, McDonald's, and all these other big Coca-Cola corporations, Coca-Cola actually, I know, has their, and Pepsi-Cola have their European headquarters in Greece. I wonder why. Um, they don't pay taxes as they do. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not in the UK, which is a big bugbear of the UK public. Um, And the last one, misleading people and parliaments by presenting a bank bailout as an act of solidarity to Greece. And it is natural that it would turn Germans against Greeks, Greeks against Germans, and eventually Europe against itself, which is very true. Um, There is obviously a lot of other uh, history involved. Uh, not many people, I think, these days are aware that Germany more or less ransacked Greece um, in the Second World War and before when it occupied it. It was um, told and it was ordered by law to pay compensation to what they had done to Greece. The Germans never paid a penny. Uh, quite rightly, the Greek public is now saying, Oi, come on, pay up. Um, the Germans are saying, Oh, no, the German government is turning around and saying, Well, when we signed the Maastricht Treaty and then the Lisbon Treaty, that was all wiped off and we've got a clear slate. Not quite so. There is some interesting wording. However, getting back to stress, um, obviously, the austerity measures in Greece have caused the Greek people a huge amount of stress. Now, we in the UK are stressed. There are lots of redundancies in a lot of European countries, and I know in the States as well, there is a huge amount of stress because of redundancies, um, of the, the pay going back, of trying to make ends meet, of trying to pay your mortgage, and, and just trying to keep the family going. Let's go back to the very, very early beginnings of stress. Now, stress, um, up to a point, is actually quite healthy. Um, we have the fight and flight syndrome, which means that the adrenaline comes, gets a, an extra excess push. So your body 
from just above the kidneys, there are the adrenaline glands. They're, they're sitting on the kidneys. And when there is a stressful situation, it is quite simple. Uh, the adrenals push out your adrenaline to give you extra power, extra alertness, extra wakefulness so that you can react within nanoseconds or whatever is the smaller version of a nanosecond. And then you have this period where you have this complete alertness and the adrenals are pumping out the adrenaline and that's it. After a while, theoretically, the stress stops. Okay, so what happened in the olden days is you were happily hunter, a gatherer, you were looking for food, you're doing this, da la la, everything is pretty, sun is shining, you're collecting dandelion um, herbs and, and spices because they're good for you, they're healthy, you've noticed, not that you necessarily know, but you, you've noticed that if you eat, eat this flower, which looks, as we know today, is a dandelion, it's very good for your digestion, with rosemary, it's it's good for digestion of particular meats, etc., etc. And then you've got this saber-toothed tiger, or a woolly mammoth, and you've got in between the tiger and her cup, or the mammoth and its baby, and they're not happy about it. Um, huge stress, a big problem. You need to leg it. You need to run for your life. So, fight or flight comes in. Adrenal glands are pushing out adrenaline to give you that extra push so that you can just outpace the mammoth, which is possibly easier than the saber-toothed tiger. And after a while, you've climbed a tree or you've found a cave and you've disappeared and they can't get you and you can calm down. That's fine. And then for days on end, you're fine. You, you know, you when an adrenaline rush has finished, you become extremely tired, you go and have a sleep, and that's it. Off you go. All fine until the next saber-toothed mammoth, whatever, uh, bear uh, attack happens. But you've had time to recover. Now, with our modern life, it's, it, it's not that easy because, A, we don't have saber-toothed tigers, mammoth bears attacking us, in general, depending on where you live, but you know, in in the so-called developed world, uh, we don't. So, what is our stress level? Our stress level is we have to pay the mortgage. The kids need new shoes. Uh, yeah, we need some food. Where are we getting it? Up to fairly recently, and I mean, sort of last. 20 years, uh, 10 years possibly, where it was ready. Well, I mean, you know, 2008, the big financial crisis happened. And since then, the stress levels of the population in general have gone up majorly. So what are we worrying about now? We're not just worrying about, um, yeah, saber-toothed tigers because we don't have them. But we are worrying about, are we going to be able to keep our jobs? Can I keep performing? I mustn't make mistakes. I might get the sack. Uh, even if I work as hard, there is a problem with the company. Will there be redundancies? Will I be the one who gets made redundant? What do I do? Um, our worries are a lot, lot more than they have ever been because there is a lot, lot more at stake for us. We have a certain, or we have been programmed, I would, I should say, to have a certain lifestyle. So if you don't have your Jaguar and your drive and you don't have a 10-bedroom house uh, with a swimming pool and all the extras and, oh, well, possibly a helicopter on the pad somewhere, um, and your yacht in the Mediterranean, um, you're a nobody. And it was quite interesting. Uh, I had a, a very young uh, Chinese couple staying who originated from just outside Beijing, Beijing. And they were, oh boy, they were stressed. And I, as I was going through yoga with them and Reiki and massage and things, they, they opened up. And their main problem was 
everybody assumes that when you're in the West, in America, in the UK, in Germany, in, in Europe, in other words, when you're in that part of the world, automatically you become a millionaire. You just turn up in the country and you're a millionaire. And if you then return to China, uh, if you don't return as a millionaire, a dollar millionaire, you're a loser. You're a nobody. You're nothing. So we actually had the position where this Chinese couple was doing okay, but they were desperate to go home. They wanted to go home. They didn't like our Western lifestyle. They wanted to go home. They wanted to have their own lifestyle. They wanted to honor, honor the ancestors. They wanted to be part of the family. And in those countries, China, Russia, and places, and even the Middle East, Far East, Africa, you have the family still as the big unit, as completely interconnected. Now, in, in Europe um, and America, I dare say, we don't. We are very much individuals who live individual lives. And if you think about what we're building, what houses are we building? We're building houses for single occupants. We're not building houses for families because actually we are so dysfunctional through stress amongst other things that we want to be on our own. We don't want to be a unit of a family. Now, those countries are still, like China, Russia, etc., are still very much in the old mode they are part of the family. Who brings up in Russia? Who brings up the children? It's the granny. It's the babushka. Um, in China, it's also the grandmother. And sorry, I don't know the word for that. Um, it's, you know, you, and this, this couple were desperate to go back to China and, and have the one child, although if they're in the country, they can now have two. And wanted to go back to the family and they said we, we can't go back it's if we go back we're we're well to do but we aren't millionaires and if we aren't millionaires we can't go back because for the whole for the family it's a problem uh for getting a job it's a problem we're a failure because we don't come back with million dollar bank accounts and that is one of the big problems. That is a huge amount of stress because it pushes out the adre adrenaline in the body because you're, all you're trying to do is A, conquer your fear of failure, which we all do, even here in the UK and, and uh, everywhere in the Western world. That's our biggest, biggest problem. And what is the fear of failure actually causing with this excess of adrenaline being pumped out? It causes heart attacks. It causes angina. It causes all sorts of horrendous health problems. And more and more, I'm getting people who are saying, I've been diagnosed with high blood pressure, classical sign. Uh, I'm being diagnosed with angina. I'm having a real problem. And what happens when, when you're stressed? You all know you, you're tired. You can't sleep. You um, want to spend time with the family, but you're not actually there with them, are you? You're there in body, but not in spirit. Um, and you're constantly thinking, what can I do better with my job? What, how can I market whatever? If you, you own a company, how can I market the company better? How can I market myself within the company better if you're employed? Um, redundancies are always looming. Employers are now using certainly here in the UK and, and I know in Germany as well, I assume in the States, but I haven't actually spoken to, to any of my friends at the moment in the States about this particular problem. Um, the employers are trying to play you off against God knows who on. Well, so-and-so has done a bit better than you and so-and-so has done this and, well, if you would only do X, Y, Z. Always trying to push you further. Now, you're not getting the respite with the adrenaline, which you would do if you're running away from a saber-toothed tiger or a bear or whatever. You ha it's a continual thing. 
And the biggest problem I have these days with patients is thyroid and adrenal fatigue. The only problem I have, I mean, just looking at them, I'm going, oh, yeah, that's it. That's adrenal fatigue or that's thyroid problem. The only problem I have is in working out, is it the thyroid problem that is the cause or is it adrenal fatigue that is the cause? And at the moment, I must admit, I I automatically, and perhaps that's not such a good idea because I might be possibly missing a thyroid problem, but because the thyroid and the adrenals work so closely together, you will always treat both. I am assuming that I need to treat adrenal fatigue before I treat the thyroid. And I swear nine and a half times out of 10, it's the adrenal fatigue because we're being pushed to our limit and we're letting ourselves be pushed to our limit. I'm sitting here in Norfolk. It is um, half past seven or just after in the evening. I got my lights on. Now, in the olden days, I'd be in bed. It's dark outside. Uh, possibly I'd be doing something by the light of the candle. But that would mean that eyesight's pretty good. My eyesight isn't that brilliant anymore. Um, so I would do something I could possibly do, like washing up or something, which you can do by candlelight. But then that's it. Good night. I'm off to bed. We carry on. But then we also have the problem that our internal clock, because evolution of our bodies hasn't actually advanced to that point yet, our internal clock starts waking up slowly but surely when the light comes on outside, i.e. when it's daylight and it's sunrise, the birds are starting to sing because evolutionarily we are programmed to wake up with the birds and go to bed with the birds. But what do we do? No, we possibly wake up sort of with the birds. We then turn around and hope to carry on sleeping. And with the frequencies of the um, celestial bodies at the moment, that's not very good anyway. Um, you're turning around and you're hoping to go back to sleep. But ultimately, um, you're not that deep asleep so that it's not refreshing any longer or anymore. And so you're theoretically awake a lot earlier than you think you are. But mind you, I mean, if, if you're anything like me... I realize I'm awake when it's about 11 o'clock in the morning and I've had the umpteenth coffee. And sorry, yes, I am a naturopath and I should know better, but there you go. I don't do mornings. But we are programmed to rise with the sun, go to bed with the sun. That's not what we're doing. So the adrenals, as soon as daylight goes and darkness comes, the adrenals actually kick in again and people forget that. They think, oh, we've got a wonderful lifestyle. No, no, not rushed at all. No, it's fine. Yeah, we go up to bed at about 10, 11 o'clock. That's okay. Yeah, uh, but uh, at the moment, definitely I'm just checking. I'm looking outside through my window and it's pitch black. We should be in bed. We're not. And it's highly unlikely that we'll get to bed before 10, 11 at the earliest. So we're already missing a lot of our sleep and every hour of sleep before midnight actually counts double. So, hey, where do we go? We lose loads of sleep and we lose that time where the adrenals can uh, sit back and relax and recover. So, it's really, really important that we are aware of this and the frequencies that do affect us. Okay, we might not, as, as Dr. Kelly was saying, we might not, you know, feel the actual virtual, well, not virtual, but the actual pull of the planets. But if you think that the tides are linked to the energies of the moon, um, and as there was a lovely uh, quote on uh, Facebook the other day, which said, don't worry if people are getting upset by you making waves in whatever way, the moon does it at least twice a day, which is true. Um, 
and we go back into uh, femininity, uh, but also um, suicides. When is the most, although study after study has shown that this is true, but it is still denied by the medical profession and others, um, that when are the most suicides, it's during a full moon. You know the werewolf story? That might have something to do with it. Um, no, not not being flippant about this. It is a tragic, very tragic and very sad um, fact. So this is all the accumulation of major stress. The adrenals pumping out, pumping out, pumping out adrenaline to make you survive. That's their job. And that's what it's doing. Not because we're running from something that scares the wits out of us, but because we are being forced to be stressed by our jobs, by our banks, by the mortgage, by whatever, and also interpersonal relationships. It is so important. If your partner is stressed, you're automatically stressed. Um, it doesn't have to be your partner. It can be your mother, in my case. It can be, you know, your parents, the worry about it. It is, it is incredible. We are so stressed in this modern world. And we really, really need to step back and think of our health and say, what is this doing to me? It's destroying me physically as well because too much adrenaline in the system will destroy your vital organs. It destroys your mind because you're continually getting nervous, flitting from one idea to another, trying to make things work, make things better, try and work things out which you don't understand. And we're being pushed in these corners by by the news, by the media, and, and ultimately by our governments, which is horrendous because that is not what we're supposed to be doing. And it's quite interesting. Um, on Russia Today, there was a program earlier on about the German soldiers coming back from Kosovo, from Afghanistan and other theatres of war. And it's quite interesting that uh, we call it a theatre of war. It's not a theatre. It's not something fun. It is deadly serious. But we're, uh, by the choice of words, we are, yes, we are making fun of it. And that is, that is tragedy in its own right. Anyway, these soldiers are coming back. They have come back and they're being told that they do not have to post-traumatic stress. Oh, no. They are reliving um, ideas uh, or dreams from their childhood. And therefore, it is not a professionally, i.e. through your job, induced stress or post-traumatic stress. It is a private problem. Um, now, I haven't heard that from any of the UK. I have heard something similar about the US Army or the uh, US military forces. UK military forces, I have not heard about it. However, that doesn't mean that it's not there. And we're sending these people out, men and women, to defend whatever our governments think is the knees, bee's knees at the moment or their idea of freedom, not necessarily ours, but they're not prepared to pick up the tab at the end. And it's destroying these people, ex-soldiers, not only mentally, but also physically. And one of the things about stress is it's not just destroying the person who is stressed on all levels, mentally, emotionally, and physically. It is destroying their nearest and dearest. And so you can see how the frequency of stress just carries on and carries a whole destruction throughout the whole family unit and hence not just the family unit but also the ones who are connected with that family unit, be it children at school who will pass it on through their behavior at the school and the reaction of the school. And so you can see how these frequencies make waves and frequencies are waves and we keep forgetting that. So it's really, really 
important. Very quickly, what can you do about stress? Meditate, yoga, Reiki, go for a massage, and even if it's just five minutes in a chair. Take time out for yourself and make a start. I will be talking next week because I, we've run over time again. I'm sorry, but I will be talking about it again next week and I will give you more possible solutions to how to cope with stress. Today, we're more talking about the causes of stress. Um, don't get stressed. Uh, I will put things out and I will try and um, having spoken to Julia Quilliam last week, I will try and have an interview with at least one of the three um, authors of A Modest Proposal for Resolving the Eurozone Crisis because they are really wanting to look after the people and not the governments. And that's their problem. That's why they're being shot down with flames. But I think they really need to be encouraged by us, by the grassroots, to carry on with their work but also to explain their solution and their ideas, which is really important. Anyway, very quickly, um, you can get the details on my Tumblr blog, which is foxborough.tumblr.com. If you have a comment, and I'd love to hear from you, it's email isabel at foxborough.co.uk with Dr. Isabel's runs in the subject line. Please, please be in touch. I'd love to hear from you. And um, yes, it all remains to be said now. Go spin, hug a tree and all barefoot, of course. That for stress is just so important because when you're spinning, your chakras are spinning faster. You're feeling better. Hug a tree, the energy of the tree of the earth just goes into you and calms you. And barefoot again, the energy from the earth, mother earth. Don't forget. Good night, take care, and all the best to next week. You're